Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. We want to turn now to the growing concerns over the rise in artificial intelligence or AI. Open AI is big in the news these days. What with chat GPT, GPT-4, a partnership with Microsoft and mounting criticisms from multiple corners. But amid all the wows over AI, there are some saying, wait, you may have heard it's a nonprofit or Maybe it used to be, and now it's not. Or it was supposed to open source things, hence the open, but now it's not. Some are now raising alarms about how these advances could be used to create and spread misinformation. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt being spread about OpenAI. So let's help you straighten out what it is and what it isn't. Let's help you know a little more about OpenAI. OpenAI was founded December 10th, 2015, with funding donated by Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, Reid Hoffman, Jessica Livingston, Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Amazon Web Services, Infosys, and YC Research. Its other founding members, though, were scientists and engineers, its first research director, Ilya Sutskever, as well as Trevor Blackwell, Vicky Chung, Andre Carpathy, Dirk Kingma, John Schulman, Pamela Vagata and Wojek Zaremba. Its advisors were Peter Abil, Yashua Bengio, Alan Kay, Sergey Levine, and Vishal Sika. And its co-chairs were Sam Altman and Elon Musk. Okay, that's a lot of names. I can summarize that by saying they mostly are made up of AI researchers from academia, places like Google and Facebook. In some cases, those folks left to go work at Google and Facebook. Some are still with OpenAI, some are not, and some don't list their time at OpenAI. So we only have their name from the original OpenAI post. The point of all that, though, is that OpenAI made an effort to find people in the field from all parts of the industry that were really good at this. And the two driving visionaries of them were those last two names I mentioned, Sam Altman and Elon Musk. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about Reid Hoffman and Peter Thiel. They have ties to Musk because they're all former PayPal folks. Greg Brockman's an interesting guy. He's from North Dakota, grew up on a hobby farm, joined Stripe as a founding engineer in 2010, became CTO there before he was the first CTO at OpenAI and is now OpenAI's president. But... For the purposes of this story, I want to focus on Musk and Altman. Elon Musk, you probably know. 
Born in South Africa, founder of the first federally insured online bank, X.com, which in 2000 merged with Confinity, makers of PayPal. And all right, you you might know him more from companies he invested in and bought, like Tesla or Twitter, or companies he founded, like SpaceX. You might know less about Altman. He was born in St. Louis, so for you St. Louis folks, uh, he went to high school at Burroughs out in Ladue, founded the social networking app Looped in 2005, and then sold it for $43.4 million in 2012. He was then president of Y Combinator in 2014, and he was the CEO of Reddit for eight days in 2014, between Yishan Wong and the return of Steve Huffman. So, why Musk and Altman? Well, Altman is CEO of OpenAI, and Musk, he was the magnet, and Altman was the steel. Let me explain. While CEO of Y Combinator, Altman began having conversations with Musk. Sometimes they were recorded for the public about AI. They both shared a concern that AI was expanding too rapidly, and the companies in charge of developing it weren't paying enough attention to the risks and responsible development. They both believed AI could be one of the greatest benefits to humanity, but also one of its greatest threats. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI. Um, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects the, it, it's a danger to the public. And they weren't the only ones thinking along these lines. So they gathered together some of those like-minded folks I mentioned earlier. People concerned with ethics and responsibility. And from the beginning, OpenAI leaned towards idealism. Our mission is to create highly capable AI technologies and deploy them to the world for the benefit of humanity in a way that is safe and beneficial for all. I think that AI will be a technological revolution on the scale of the agricultural, the industrial, the computer revolution. And we have no goal other than the creation and deployment of safe, beneficial AGI. We have a nonprofit that governs everything and the ability to block deployments that would make commercial sense. But we think create safety issues and our whole structures around that. OpenAI Incorporated was founded as, and still is, a 501c3 nonprofit. From its beginning, it reflected the concerns of Musk and Altman and the rest of the founders. Writing on its website, it's hard to fathom how much human-level AI could benefit society, and it's equally hard to imagine how much it could damage society if built or used incorrectly. OpenAI said it wanted, quote, to advance digital intelligence in the way that is most likely to benefit humanity as a whole, unconstrained by a need to generate financial return. It took $1 billion in investment as a donation and said it expected to only need to spend a small amount of that over the next few years. But it had to spend more than it anticipated. AI researchers get paid a lot. OpenAI persuaded talent on its mission, its ethics, its responsibility. I mean, they paid better than most nonprofits did, but still less than Facebook or Google. Founding engineer Zaremba told Wired he turned down offers two to three times his market value to work at OpenAI. So the people weren't cheap. Also, the cloud computing wasn't cheap. Reuters reported that OpenAI spent $7.9 million, which was about 25% of its budget on cloud computing in 2017. It didn't go down from there. If they wanted to make more progress, they needed money. 
to attract top talent and be able to run more complex experiments. So you can imagine that after the first few years, OpenAI started to wonder about that nonprofit status. It's got to make some hard decisions about all that openness, too. I mean, they've done some impressive things. At that point, they'd trained video game bots, OpenAI Gym, and Universal were getting praise and attention. But were those going to move the needle? I mean, if you're OpenAI, you're thinking, we're the ones doing this responsibly. But what does that matter if the big companies stay so far out in front? If we really want to advance AI, if we really want to be the ones protecting humanity and pushing for responsible development, we need more, right? So how do you do that and stay true to your core principles? This was clearly important for Musk. Not long before the founding of OpenAI, he had told students at MIT that AI was humanity's biggest threat, made headlines. So what happened next was surprising, if not shocking. So why did it get downplayed? On February 20th, 2018, Elon Musk announced he was leaving the board of OpenAI. In a blog post announcing new donors to the nonprofit, OpenAI wrote, Additionally, Elon Musk will depart the OpenAI board, but will continue to donate and advise the organization. As Tesla continues to become more focused on AI, this will eliminate a potential future conflict for Elon. Well, okay, he still believes in the mission, but he's got his own AI at Tesla to develop, so he probably shouldn't be a director at a competitor, even if it is a nonprofit one. I mean, Musk even spoke to OpenAI employees to explain that conflict of interest before he left. But the employees didn't really seem to buy it. And the line announcing it was kind of buried at the end of a first long paragraph in a three-paragraph post about other funders. I mean, that seems like a bigger deal than that, no? Well, maybe it was. You see, everybody had a solution for that problem OpenAI had of falling behind. Musk's solution was himself. Put me in charge. Let Muskie run the show. I'll catch us up. Just look at what he did to the auto industry, right? Now, you may have heard that Musk can be a little enthusiastic. Maybe he rubs people the wrong way sometimes. That seems to have been the case with OpenAI's other founders. Maybe they were also annoyed that Tesla had taken one of those founding engineers, Carpathy, the kind of engineer they were having a hard time convincing to leave higher-paying jobs to get. So, it's not too surprising in retrospect that rather than putting Musk in charge, the board moved Altman into the role of president. And Musk leaving had another effect. According to Semaphore, he was supposed to keep contributing money to OpenAI even after he left the board, but he didn't. That was about a billion dollars that the company was expecting to get that it no longer had. At a time when it was scraping to make the funding meet its ambitions— And right then, Google Brain released its Transformer model. That was available for anyone to use. It's the T in GPT, by the way. And it was a huge leap forward for AI models. But it required a lot more data to train, meaning a lot more computer power, meaning a lot more cost. A cost Google, which ran its own cloud services, could afford to pay. OpenAI, which paid Google for cloud services, maybe not. If it didn't want to see Google seriously outdistance it, OpenAI needed to do something. It started by releasing a new charter 
in April 2018. It's still, and I'll quote, committed to avoid enabling uses of AI or AGI, that's artificial generalized intelligence, that harm humanity or unduly concentrate power. It also said, I'll quote again, its primary fiduciary duty is to humanity. But now it also said, and I'll quote one last time, we anticipate needing to marshal substantial resources to fulfill our mission, but will always diligently act to minimize conflicts of interest among our employees and stakeholders that could compromise broad benefit. A more public hint that things were changing was the announcement of GPT-2 on February 14, 2019. OpenAI's Valentine's Day gift to the world was to not open source this release as it had for its previous releases. GPT-2 could take prompts and complete them. So give it a headline, it could write the rest of the article. OpenAI justified the less open release by citing the risk that the tool could be used maliciously. Mm, Though a public interface was released, and eventually the full code was released in November. But the big step, the serious step, happened on March 11th, 2019. OpenAI pulled a move from Mozilla's playbook. Mozilla had operated for decades as a nonprofit that fully owned a for-profit subsidiary. This allowed it to make money on Firefox and attract talent and pay for development. OpenAI was just going to do a similar thing. OpenAI Incorporated, the nonprofit, formed OpenAI Limited Partnership, a for-profit company wholly controlled by OpenAI Inc. But OpenAI LP would be profit-capped. So if you invested in OpenAI LP, you could get back up to 100 times your investment, but anything above that would go to the nonprofit OpenAI Inc., And to assuage concerns about this move further, Altman, the CEO of the new for-profit company, took no equity in it. So they had their solution, right? Sell non-controlling shares in the for-profit company, except nobody was buying. It was profit-capped. And the CEO didn't even want a single share. I mean, that was kind of a bigger deal. Why doesn't he want a share? Eh, Maybe it's not for me. Well, it was for Satya Nadella. In September 2019, OpenAI got its first big investment bite. Microsoft agreed to invest $1 billion, a nice replacement for the lost Musk donations. Not only would it invest, but Microsoft has cloud resources, arguably better cloud resources than Google. So it would make its vast Azure infrastructure available to OpenAI. OpenAI got money to pay talent and bargain cloud computing, and Microsoft got to become a big player or a bigger player in AI. First of all, you've got to remember the, the, the relationship with OpenAI and our cooperation with OpenAI has got many facets. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is what we've done over the last four years uh, is to actually build out the core infrastructure on which OpenAI is built. I mean, this is these large models, uh, the training infrastructure and the infra- infrastructure doesn't look like just vanilla cloud, right? So we have had to essentially evolve Azure. Uh, to be pretty specialized AI infrastructure on which OpenAI is built. Microsoft and OpenAI worked together to build a supercomputer to handle the massive amount of data needed to properly train large language models. OpenAI was back in the race. In January 2021, OpenAI released Dolly. 
It's a, what's called a multimodal model. So it can create images based on a text description. It has text and images. Multimodal. In August 2021, it launched Codex, which translates natural language to code. That's the thing that powers Microsoft's GitHub Copilot feature. And in November 2022, Dolly 2 came out, even better at turning text into images. That's the one that really captured imaginations and spawned multiple imitators like Crayon and Midjourney. But the big leap came with the launch of ChatGPT. Same month as Dolly 2, November 2022. For OpenAI, it was just the latest public demonstration of what its large language models could do. Nobody got that excited when it launched DialogGPT in 2019. Why would this time be any different? Well, it was. For whatever reason, it captured the public imagination and it hasn't let go. Suddenly, OpenAI wasn't just staying in the race, it was leading it. Google issued a code red. Microsoft and Google got into an AI announcement competition. Altman was triumphant. Musk was not. In December 2022, Twitter, now owned by Musk, pulled OpenAI's access to Twitter data. And of course, Musk began tweeting criticisms of OpenAI. On February 15th, 2023, he sang his old 2015 era tune again to attendees at the World Government Summit in Dubai, saying... One of the biggest risks to the future of civilization is AI. On February 27th, 2023, The Information wrote that Musk had begun recruiting engineers and scientists to form a lab to compete with OpenAI. And on Wednesday, March 29th, 2023, he signed an open letter put out by a think tank he funded calling for all companies to pause their research into the next version of AI for six months in order to create a safety scheme. Oh, and the week before that, Siobhan Zillis, the mother of Musk's twins, resigned from the OpenAI board. Apparently, she had been on it the whole time. Altman, on the other hand, talking on Lex Friedman's podcast on March 25th, 2023, described Musk as one of his heroes and said, I believe he is, understandably so, really stressed about AGI safety. So there you have it. OpenAI is a nonprofit and a for-profit company. It was co-founded by Elon Musk, but that's not nearly the whole story. And whether it has remained true to the values of its founding or whether it now engenders the fears it was formed to address, I'm going to leave that up to you. I just hope you know a little more about OpenAI. Know a Little More is researched, written, and hosted by me, Tom Merritt. Editing and production provided by Anthony Lamos in conjunction with Will Saddleberg and Dog and Pony Show Audio. It's issued under a Creative Commons Share Attribution 4.0 International License. Dog and Pony Show Audio. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.